Welcome back to another episode of Four Takes and Fuel, guys. My name's Alex. Ethan. Chance. And I'm Colton. And we 305, have... come alive! <laughs> yes, 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 of course. We have a great episode coming to you guys. Mr. Austin Yarbrough comes sit with us and talks about his racing career and all the endeavors and I, I, the, 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 the boatload of accomplishments that he's had. True legend of our sport. Absolutely. Yes, yes, sir. But also we have a little bit of um we're going a little throwback. You know, we have a little we had a little situation in NASCAR that we kinda wanna talk about and then we'll 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 transition into racing world. So before we do that, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Are you looking for a high quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited. That's S U B L M T D. As they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable cart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimatedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Four Takes and Fuel sent you. Ethan, go ahead and show us, uh, go give us a spotlight on, on what we're talking about here in the NASCAR world. All right, so high point 400. What, what are we at? Three laps to go here? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely into the race. And is that at, where, What state is that in? Pocono? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. The, the Poconos. It's, it's the mountains up in Pennsylvania. So three laps to go, high point 400. And Denny Hamlin decides to do what he did last year with Ross Chastain when it was completely <laughs> unwarranted because Kyle Larson is not Ross Chastain. Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin have not had run-ins this year, and they're good friends. They had an accidental. They had an accidental run-in, which even Kyle, uh, you know, fessed up to that he did hit the wall before Denny got into him. So that, but that there's there's not been any like you're saying there's not been anything that Kyle has done to deserve what happened. Right. You know, this is not a Ross Chastain just you know dumping him, driving through him, whatever type situation like it was last year yeah. and Kevin Harvick almost got they were all into the stick two years in a row. Two years. In a, he said, I seen this before I'm getting, the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Hey, Larson hit the wall and Harvick went low. I but wouldn't anyway. say Larson hit the wall. I would say Larson was pushed into the wall. Well, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Hamlin drives it in deep, completely doors. Larson Larson gets up. And keeps his foot in it. I mean, you got three laps to go. I mean, at this point, you either, you know, you lift and you drop a parachute or you keep your foot in and you hope for the best. And, well, Larson kept his foot in it and hoped for the best. And he hit the wall. But I I don't, I I don't get it. And Denny is... I don't understand how Denny can just get out of the car after winning and think that he did nothing wrong. He said even there was a clip on Twitter today that I, you know, I, I don't even really care for his podcast anymore, but there was a clip on Twitter that somebody had like retweeted and it was him still, you know, solidly saying that he does not think that he touched him at all. <laughs> he, I, I the saw wheel, on his the Instagram. Wheel, he said, he said, "Go ahead." 
I saw on his Instagram he shared some stories of footage from the race and like the angles couldn't even show what happened. He used the worst possible angles. The angles on TV. He clearly hit door him. Like he clearly door. hit the man. Like there was no bumper clear. It was just door. I've been saying it for a long time. A long time. About how spineless and two faced that man is, and I did not like him. I haven't liked him for a long time. But uh, I kind of, you know, I hushed my mouth for a little while. But as soon as I saw it happen, two years in a gonna, row, I knew this was going to happen. Two years in a row. I, I don't, I don't understand. And and doing it to somebody who's supposed to be your buddy, like right. I mean, and, well, and don't and get. What, go ahead. I was going to say, what's crazy is, is that even Kyle said it. He said, yeah, and everybody knows in the friend group, you know, Denny's never wrong, you know. But, like, you know, in, in the karting world, that's like, <clears throat> you know, all of us racing for $5,000, $10,000 to win at the Max Daddy, okay? And Max Daddy, or, you know, we're all up front. One to one through four, we're drafting whatever, late race restart, and one of us just gets absolutely sent by one other person. And then there's clear footage that – shows that the second place cart had n- not a single push from third or fir- fourth place. And second place is trying to say that, oh, I was shoved into you. Yeah. That's I, the equivalent I, of what just happened. He said that there was yeah, no scuffs on I, the I car. I would move each one of you through that. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> wouldn't send us and ruin our day. It ended up, you know, yeah. Larson ended up finishing 21st with a car that could only go 160 on the straightaways. But he he even he even said he's reinstating that he didn't touch him. He said he saw the little flap on the hood of the car, which happens when you get close to someone, which causes high pressure in the in the in the engine bay that causes the flap to go up. He's like, oh yeah, but I don't even see a scratch on the car. Like if I hit him, I never even felt him, which it is so clear that he did. But not even to add on to that, he got wrecked by another JG JGR car, literally deliberately. Earlier in the day with Christopher Bell literally just dumping him going into turn one. Okay. Now that that instance I have a little bit more of reserve and remorse towards on Christopher Bell's part because it's a restart. You got sorry, you guys are on old tires and you know, you just drove it in there. Track's hot, track's slick, so be it. You know, you you get he drove, him, he drove him almost to the apex of the turn one. Right. And, you know, which, you know, it's a restart I can understand. But, you know, I look back to the Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson instance at Darlington. Okay. And how that changed the whole outlook of Trackhouse to this day. You know, and, you know, it seems like there's not an ounce of shit to give on Denny's part when this is the second year in a row that this same exact move has been done. But one year it was obviously needed and the other year it was not. Right. So So that kind of leads us into our topic today. Like when is it aggressive driving and when is it, you know, just deliberately being disrespectful, you know? I think it's disrespectful whenever you clearly did something, even though it might have been an accident, which it probably was, and then go back on what you actually did. That's disrespectful. Yeah. Like, own up to your mistake. There's nothing wrong 
with owning up to your mistakes. Look at, and, look that at could, that, and it doesn't even have to be with racing. That could be anything in your life. And I hate to say this, but Larson would be, even though Larson's got a lot of crap calls or crap deals done to him and he lets them go pretty easy, but Larson's going to let it go pretty easy, especially if you own up to it. But the fact that he wasn't owning up to it, I think, is going to piss Larson off even more. Denny's a great driver. If you if you don't agree with that, you're wrong. That that's talented. not even a, he's a good driver. He's a piece very of shit. talented. He is. A, he is talented. <laughs> Kyle Petty said that even at the end. I don't agree with a lot of what Kyle Petty says, anyways. But yeah. I do agree. With yeah, Colton, I have the same opinion as you. I can't really, you know, agree yeah. with ninety nine percent of the things that Kyle Petty says. But this one was spot right. on. He said, you know, he's talented, but it's un- it's ridiculous. It's uncalled for. It doesn't change the fact that that was out of the line. So, but hey, at least we know why Denny picked Bubba to be his driver. And that's because uh, they're both really good at victimizing themselves. So, good yeah. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh. <laughs> so, damn. Colton just got a nod of new fans. Son. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right tell us how you really feel son take the shirt off let say what you chest so i want i want to like bubba so much but he just makes me not like him yes he's talented too he's got potential but he victimizes himself in every situation and puts everything else on everybody else he doesn't accept like the only time he accepts responsibility is if it makes him look like makes you want to tata him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but anyways that's nothing but, personal. That's just I really think they're both talented. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of people. Oh fuck, Bubba Wallace! Oh. You can say you don't like him. He sucks from day one. You know, like what? I don't care. I don't care about your opinion. Yeah, yeah. he's if he, if he just had a, a better guy. attitude, he'd be a lot more likable. Yes, yeah. yes. If he didn't but, cry and whine all the time, because he's got a he's got a fast car and he's got some talent. But right, he is talented. He's talented than probably literally everybody other every other person that's dog talking him so he's more talented than i am when it comes to driving a race car i'll tell you who he's more talented than austin dillon <laughs> yeah austin i think probably shouldn't be, he shouldn't go play ty baseball dillon. either he probably has ty dillon and austin dillon's talent all in one and that's okay Wallace. well okay so time out here time out <laughs> if we're gonna get on the story of again hard racing and you know just blatantly taking anybody out Redick, okay. Redick was in, in, in retrospect what what Tyler Reddick did with Austin Dillon was hard racing. Hard and, racing. Right. Austin Dillon just Austin Dillon been his ass. own shit. Yeah. Plain yeah. and simple, Austin Dillon junked his own shit and then completely <clears throat> whiffed on the Tony Stewart helmet throw. <laughs> yeah. Like it bounced. I, I went back and watched it. It <laughs> bounced on the track in front of the car that was on the inside of Tyler Reddick. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Austin, I can see Austin's maybe, maybe from the perspective of, you know, it's like Tyler didn't start making the corner soon enough. But either way, he Austin was at his number. Threw it down there. Yeah, yeah he it wasn't yeah, like I mean, he was fully clear. He didn't have the full again, right away. Again, not, not bumper, not clear. Door. 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 Yeah. Hard door. Okay. Like this is not a, you know, Quarter, quarter, door, quarter, quarter. Like this is door. I think you see. He's think, there. I think you see that in all forms of racing, though. Like people are pushing the envelope and pushing the, you know, pushing 
harder and harder because getting, you know, in any kind of, you know, motorsports getting harder and harder to win at the top level. And I feel like that is uh, what is causing a lot of this more aggressive racing. And it's kind of, and everybody, you know, you always want to say, oh, it's a, it's racing and, and it's on the track and it's not personal. Well, at a certain point, it's going to get personal, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you see it in kart racing, you know, you, there's a, there's a different respect for outdoor racing than there is for indoor racing, plain and simple. And and there's a total understand of that. Um, you know, there's just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, outdoor racing, you know, you'll see your, you'll see your, your, your bad deals and, and all that. But when it comes to indoor racing, you know, it's almost damn near like the wild west. Right. And, you know, but one thing that is, you know, kind of agreed on, you know, we, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast in previous episodes is no yeah, noses. I mean, if you can, if you can yeah. see my nose, I have the lane kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it when Chance and I were infield workers at Acadiana last year. You know, the one thing we didn't tolerate was chopping of noses. And there was a big situation you know, of that down in Florida this weekend. Right, exactly. So, you know, of course, I haven't seen a video. I haven't seen anything other than the picture. One picture. Hagen Photography posted on Facebook with tens of comments that pretty much showed that one person drove another one to the infield coming out of four to try and win and then ended up on his lid. And 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 there's two aspects. And 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 with his visor up at that, I just want to throw that detail in because it blows my mind that he's racing a dirt track with his visor up. Okay, done. I don't know. And there's like, it goes back to hard racing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would block to go to the, for the win. It, it was coming to the checkered flag. I would definitely block for the win. Um, but but also, blocking and driving someone to the infield is two separate things. Yeah. And obviously, you know, like we haven't seen any videos, so we don't really know. So. Yeah, if you have any comments on it, let us know. Uh, we're just talking about what we've seen, what we've saw, what we've heard. Um, well, we want to send out a congratulations to Carson Hallman for winning yes. the pro race, and I think Chase Meredith won a race. Uh, limited limited warm up, I think. So yes, good week. bigger news. Congratulations to Carson Hallman and his girlfriend Morgan. Yes, they oh, have a boy, baby boy, on having a baby boy. Yes. Oh, congrats. A little well, easier in the works right they now. Just, we just found out it's a boy. Yeah, he, yeah. He said gender that reveal. he's, I talked to him the, uh, shoot, I think it was Sunday when they had the gender reveal. He was like, yeah, man, we, uh, we, we had our last race at 4.50 in the morning. I left the track at 6 a.m. We had a gender, gender reveal today. So I was like, cool. That's rough. Yeah. So it's rough. Congratulations um, so, to him and Morgan. Uh, let's move on. Uh, you got any races coming up? We have yeah. Stars and Stripes, the modified Max Daddy's coming up this weekend. Big O is right around the corner. It's two weekends. No, are you going? Any races you're going to? Um, Mojave's supposed to be putting up pretty good money. Um, when? August 5th, I think. I think it's August 5th. Uh, they did just have the Jackson race, the Reaper race. They had a really good turnout for that. I think it was like 25 entries for it. It was 1,000 to win. Um, where I heard that Ty, Ty England went and... and uh, and won that race. So they, they had a really good turnout for the last race of the elite series. So that was good. Um, hopefully they can figure stuff out and, and come back next year. Uh, that'd be really good for, for, for the, the sport down here. But, um, you know, we have, I think it's August 5th. We'll be going to Mojave 
if they do, it's on the schedule. I, you know, I haven't seen Josh post anything, but well, I'll be going to the big O just to, to watch and, uh, and talk to some people and all that good stuff. My you dad. know, first time out there. So that'd be fun. My dad texted me last week. I think he said, I know we said we weren't racing in the summer again, but, uh, they put no more money at TC if you want to go. And I was like, not really, man. <laughs> it's hot it's so hot it's it makes it so hard hot. it's like not even worth it but i just got that gopro so now i'm kind of on the fence about it yeah, yeah you still got that uh you still got your helmet mount right yep yeah so it's yeah. already on the helmet just sitting there hell yeah dude so but yeah that kind of uh that kind of wraps up our, our round table talk for tonight and uh we are gonna go ahead and head right into the interview so guys we hope you enjoy it we sure did yeah man i mean he just a little bit of background this this kid has won almost everything in go-karting and he's only 24 years old i think in the interview you'll hear he turns 25 uh next month a uh, big old so very young and already one of the most household name go-kart yeah, racers in, in, the country. in the country of all time at that you know so, so i hope y'all enter- hope y'all enjoy the interview it was a really good one get to know a little bit about the Austin Yarborough. So, guys, yes, have a, I hope you guys enjoy it, but without further ado, guys, Mr. Austin Yarborough. So, what's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, not too long ago, got home from the shop and um, got a shower and now on the podcast yeah yeah thanks for coming <laughs> on man we really appreciate it uh so y'all, y'all went down to Aner this past weekend how'd that go um it went pretty good um we didn't have a bad weekend uh i think we ended up going six for six but it was more of a local race um just trying to really go and scuff some tires and keep some tires in cycle uh we messed up a pretty good bit we went to beaver creek a couple weeks ago so it was just good to try to get caught back up a little bit on our scuffing and tire rotation. Yeah, most definitely. That's most important thing is uh, having having the tires to be able to bolt them on and go. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and, and and it's it's a lot of work. I mean, you, you say local race six for six, but I mean, it's still still a good weekend. You know, you know, it's never never a bad weekend to go win. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it was just good to get out and go have a little bit of fun, and you know, wouldn't. Wasn't really a whole lot on the line, so it was just good. good to get out and have some fun racing. So oh yeah, serious all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. So let's uh, let's let's bring it back. Uh, let's bring it back to the beginning, man. How did and who got you started in racing? Um, my mom, my dad, uh, both of my uncles, my grandparents. I mean, everybody raced. I was just, uh, I grew up in a racing family. So it was just, you know, whenever I got, I think I got my first go-kart the day after I turned three and, uh, it's just been going on since then. Yeah. It kind of, kind of just led into it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It, it did. Yeah. So do you remember your first chassis and local track and stuff? Um, I want to say my first chassis was a fugitive BRC and eventually we ended up getting on the shadows EX1. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uncle, um, Richard Rowland, he owned a racetrack called Dixie mm-hmm. Raceway. And um, that's kind of where I got my first start, you know, racing. Um, I was so young. 
there really wasn't anybody that would allow me to race or go out there and make laps just because the age I was. And, uh, he was one of the ones to let me go out there and race and, you know, get, get, get started. I guess you would, you should say. Yeah. I guess that that'll kind of go on into your career of being young and doing big things. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of get, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's cool. And then it that was, it was pretty close to the house that the Dixie raceway. Yeah, it was probably 30, 40 minutes, maybe. I mean, it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I got started and, um, got my feet wet and carting and kind of took off from there. That's pretty cool, man. So I saw something in the comments about your first year one at East Bay. Uh, talk about that. Was that about? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, Got tired of getting outrun by a lot of people that was prepped up. So that's kind of what we went and done and just had a little bit of fun with it and got a fine for, for doing it. But hey, you know, it, it is what it is. That was in 20, <laughs> that was in 2022, I want to say. Oh, that, yeah, that was the big car. Oh, big car. Big car. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was, might have been whenever you were racing uh, go karts. Gotcha. So, uh, who are your uh, ra- no, was, uh, Gotcha. So, who's your uh, your role models and inspirations, and uh, what what you can you say you've learned from them? Um, I I like Scott Blunquist a lot. Um, and you know, on the dirt dirt side of things, um, I love the way he plays mind games. Um, he don't. He don't give a shit who likes him, who hates him. He, he, he don't care. You know, it's just he wants to go and get the job done um, and, and go home. So that's I like I like his mentality and the way he looks at things. And, you know, I like in car racing. I like playing mind games myself. And, you know, that's people get so worried about what you're doing and everything. And, and it's easy to kind of throw some people off. So. That, that's really the person I really look up to the most is Blunquist. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you know, it's it's you know working in the shop and, and going fast on the racetrack, but it's also you know having having the control and, and being able to uh, to have the mental side kind of mastered and and put it to people. You know, to to win, you you kind of almost put yourself in a spot to where you win before you even hit the racetrack. You know. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. That's that's where nine times out of ten most people get beat. They get they get beat worried about what you're doing on a weekly basis. And, you know, if you, if you do little things to, to catch their attention, you know, you're mm-hmm. just gonna, you're going to have them so concerned on what you're doing. They're going to forget what they're doing. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I like about Scott and things like that. And and Scott's never been afraid to tell you how he really feels either. So <laughs> Correct. Correct. So, um, you know, there is a, there's a plethora of stats for you. I mean, uh, there's, I got. I have a little list I put together right here, just in case. Uh, you know, I don't know how someone wouldn't know, but I mean, you have Junior Max Daddies, you have Junior Champions of Champions, America, four American Dreams, four Big O's, the fifteen thousand at Dogwood, uh, two World One Hundreds. You know, Champ Max Daddy, Max Daddy, Modified Max Daddy. Uh, I want to say it was multiple Hendrick One Hundreds, uh, and then multiple Maxis Nationals, and then there's so much more after that. Um, you know, how how do you pick one of the most memorable or special? Um, it's really hard to pick, to be honest with you. 
Um, you know, I, I love every single one of my wins, whether it pays $150 or it pays 15000 you know. Um, I treat every win just like it's a big one. I mean, it's you never know when your last one's going to be. Uh, that's the way. That's how tough the sport is of carting. You know, you just you never know. Sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. But uh, uh I mean, probably the World 100. Um, mm-hmm. Winning the Big O was pretty awesome, but um, just because of how big it is, and I mean, there's people standing all the way around, like you know, around the Big O, and it's just it's un it's unreal. If you've never been, I mean, you've got to go for sure. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's a Something you ain't never seen before in carton, to be honest with you. But probably the World 100 is probably one of my favorite wins. The reason I say that is because that was kind of like a home track to me. And, like, that was probably one of the first big races I ever attended carton-wise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's, I mean, it's been going on 30-something years. And, I mean, there's not many carton events can say that, you know, they've had a carton event going on for 30 years plus, and it's still going strong as it was year one at that level. Correct. Correct. So world 100 is probably going to have one of the biggest crowds every year. Um, but when the world 100 in front of, you know, a lot of family and friends and everything like that, that was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely special. Definitely. And, and, you know, go back to big O it's always been a big race, but you know, here in the last, you know, I'd probably have to say six or seven years. It's become the race. And, you know, it's uh it's pretty crazy. And and I want to say, you know, going back to it, you're the youngest to ever win the Big O and you're the youngest to ever win the American Dream, right? Uh, Yes, that is. Yes, that's that's correct. Um, Yeah, I love the Big O. The Big O is probably, probably my first or second favorite race of the year. Um, It's, it's a toss up between that and the World 100. But uh. Big O is always my birthday weekend. You know, it's kind of crazy. My birthday is eight eleven, so um, <laughs> it's always on that. It's always on that same. It's always on that same weekend. So I really love going to that race, and it's just I get pumped about that race more than about any race I I go to, and have a lot of a lot of heart to try to win that one every year. So I've had some heartbreakers there, and I've had some some good time good times there for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So a nickname that you had for a long, long time, and I don't know how many, you know, I don't, I don't know the, the backstory, but where does the nickname and, and who gave it to you? The nickname Youngblood. Um, back whenever I raced for Cody Mallory, I want to say around 2010, 2011-ish, maybe, um, Chase Luster, um, Frodo, you probably seen him, Frodo sponsored me a, a lot over the years and has done a lot of things to help me and stuff like that, um. But his son, Chase Luster, um, he was helped. That's actually how I met Fro Daddy and his son was he used to help Cody all the time when Cody raced. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I raced with Cody, met Mr. Johnny and Chase and Chase ended up, you know, coming up with the name Youngblood and it just stuck ever since. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of nobody else has a nickname like that. You know, everybody everybody has to have that one little nickname. And that's definitely a, definitely one that that puts itself apart from others. Yes, sir. Well, uh, so a lot of the new guys in, in our sport don't re- might not realize it, but back in the day, in your towards the end of your junior years and your uh, beginning of your senior, you were with Jamie and Jerry. How'd you uh, how'd you get that ride? 
because that, that's that that ride I want to say really puts you on the map in our sport for sure. Yes, correct, absolutely. Um, let's see. In 2010, I, I like I said, I raced for Cody in 2010, and you know had a little bit of success with him, and um, then we kind of set went separate ways beginning of 2011, and we started buying prep from Jamie and kind of raced on our own throughout 2011 and, uh, 2012, I want to say we started kind of parking beside him and, um, getting, you know, info from him and stuff like that. And Mr. Jerry and Jamie, they sponsored us a set of tires here and there, or whatever, when we needed it. And, you know, just was always there for me and, and my family. So, uh, at the end of 2012, we was going to continue doing the same thing, you know, pitting with them and all that good stuff. So, well, he called, I want to say in January of 2013 and, you know, asked if we wanted to race up north more and full time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know what he was getting at. And he was like, he was like, well, I would like for, you know, y'all to race out of our, our trailer. And he said, I, you know, I'll take care of everything. Um, all y'all got to do is show up and pay your entry fees, you know, and we'll work something out with percentages and all that. I was like, sure. I mean, that, you know, it'd be a great opportunity. So, yeah. um, I think we started in first of February and run all year with, uh, Mr. Jerry and Jamie. And, uh, you know, I was just blessed to have that opportunity to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I was shy whenever I was younger and I, I wish I wouldn't have been, Mm-hmm. Um, and probably could have learned a little bit more, you know, why I had that opportunity, but we had a good year that year. I mean, can't complain. Um, we all worked good together and, and, you know, I'm, I was just thankful for the opportunity. It's definitely got me where I am in carton today for sure. Yeah. And, and that, that, ra- that ran for what, two, three years. It was, it was a good two, three, four years. Uh, well, racing out of their trailer, I would say we run. A whole year, um, a whole year, um, 2014, I, I want to say we kind of went separate ways mm-hmm. and I run with my uncle and Josh Antley. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when 2013 to 2015 is when Josh lived with me. Um, he went with me every weekend. I raced with Jamie and stuff. And, but 2014, we kind of went out and done our own thing and, um, you know, run Phantoms and run Tom Miller motors, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's when I started racing for my uncle. And is that when the uh, oh man, we we talked about is we kind of talked about it. It was the Diddy Speed Shop or something like that. Is that when that came along right after Jamie? Yeah, um, yeah, well, a little bit, yeah. Um, I think Diddy has had Diddy Speed Shop for a while, and um, but we end up doing like AYR performance or something mm-hmm. like that, and you know, me and Josh just work in the shop basically. From the time I got out of school to the time I went to school, we just stayed out in the shop and just kept grinding away. And we'd leave on Fridays and go race and come back and do it all over again every week. And you know, Josh was a Josh was a big help in my in my karting career too. Um, he was always there for me and my family and um, my club. You know, my mom, my dad, just just my whole entire family. They was behind me 110, percent and that's what it, that's what it took. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we talked about it before. It's, it's huge to have people behind you that support you so much and, and, and know the same common goal that, that you have. And, and it just helps you go a long way, even on the bad days, you know? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree 110%. So you um, you eventually uh, go ride, you know, Matt's house cart, the 811, you know, the infamous 811. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what was what was that like? Uh, that That's, you know, it's it's, it's the top seat kind of in, in karting, uh, uh, you know, with Matt being such a legend. You know, what what was that like? And, and what were some things you're able to learn? You know, you, you kind of talked about how you were a little shy when you were younger with Jamie. Uh you know, did you take that and kind of use that as like, let's, let's try and uh, learn a little bit more with Matt? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I learned a lot of things from Matt. Um, I think we, our racing career with him, my race career with him started out in 2015, I want to say, and we went 2015, 2016 and some of 2017, I want to say, but, uh, yeah, I mean, race for Matt was awesome. Um, you know, he was, you know, I, he kind of made me humble, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, racing for him was, was awesome. I mean, I couldn't explain racing for him. I mean, it was, I mean, we had a shot every weekend. Um, we had great people racing with us. Clay Harris, Eli Beats. Mm-hmm. Um, They're great people. Dean jo- yeah. Dean Johnson was, was awesome on the motors. I mean, he, he was back then. He had he had his stuff up the par, and it was it was badass. So, um, but we had a great time racing with Matt, and um, you know, I, I mean, I I enjoyed it. it. It was a lot of pressure for sure because when you know when you go to a racetrack, everybody's like, man, he should win. It's the eight eleven, you know. I mean, there's no there's no reason why he should not win. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just one of those deals. I mean, it's you know, and that's what Matt does for a living. I mean, I'm sure Matt sells prep and does all that things to make you know extra money and stuff but whenever me and matt was doing it for a living you know it was a lot of pressure i mean if i go and mess up in a five thousand dollar race i don't just cost myself i cost him too so you know, it, it, it was tough but you know i i handled pressure pretty decent and um it, it was a it was a good several years with us yeah, yeah. It, felt, it felt like y'all were unbeatable back then man for sure and they were winning everything yeah i mean yeah i mean it was we had we definitely had our stuff on point for sure. Um, it was, was kind of unreal the years that we had together and the runs we had and stuff like that. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was a uh, several years I won't ever forget for sure. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, y'all had over a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand dollar year one time, one year, or over a hundred thousand. Yeah, we. I, I want to say we had. Yeah, I want to say it was like 129,000, a little over 129,000 that year. Um, yeah, it was like 70 races y'all won and like over 100 something top fives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. It was um, <laughs> really didn't even seem realistic, to be honest with you. Yeah, but when, I mean, when you're doing it every weekend and doing it for a living, man, it's the the numbers start to stack up, especially, you know, riding the 811, you're always up front, you always got a chance, like you said. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, me, me and Matt was really close, and you know, he was he was kind of like my my second father, to be honest with you. You mm-hmm. know, that's how close we got, and you know, we still talk every day. I mean, you know, he's just he's a great guy, and I I'm glad to have that relationship with him. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and chances to I never I've never had a chance to talk to him, but you know, uh, to but chances had some time with him too, and he's said nothing but great words about him as well. Oh yeah, he is. He's a, he's a straightforward guy, and he, 
kind of stays in his lane. He don't never say anything out of the way. I've had had some times he has he has about cussed me out, but you know that was a <laughs> that was far and few between. That there, there wasn't many many days like that. We want to try to get him on the podcast, but I don't I don't know if he would do it knowing how he is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this this stuff like this ain't his cup of tea, to be exactly. honest with you. But I you know, I, we we follow each other on Twitter and he he'll, he'll get in a little comic section and have a little fun on Twitter. <laughs> I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, he does. He he loves Twitter. I sometimes I, I don't know, I laugh at some of the things he does on Twitter. It's it's pretty funny, <laughs> but um he uh he don't cut anybody no slack on Twitter, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um let's get back. Racing involves both triumphs and setbacks. Uh so like how would you cope with disappointments or like a bad race? And how, how would you bounce back mentally, physically, stuff like that? What would you do? Um, I mean to be honest with you, I don't know. I'm I'm fairly laid back um, when it comes to racing. Um, I look at it as, you know, there, there's people get wrecked for $10,000, blow up, whatever. Um, you know, they go off the deep end. You know, they get mad when a fight and this and that. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, if you sit back and think about it, you're going to do the same – you're going to do the same routine and same thing next week. You know what I mean? Like – yeah. People get so people get so caught up in the moment that they don't realize like in seven days you're gonna be doing this again with the same people. You're gonna be right with the same people, you know. And everybody wants to get in this pissing battle about you know well, I'm gonna tear your shit up and da, 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 you better bring three go cars. Well, I mean that can go on forever, you know. But like at the end of the day, you're gonna race these same people at least three or four weekends out of the month. Mm-hmm. You know, it just don't make any sense. So multiple times you know a day. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is times. Yeah. I mean, there's times to, you know, there is times, you know, you should say something or whatever. And, but I mean, hardly ever do I ever say anything to anybody or, you know, go outside my way to let them know how I feel about it. You know, you just put it in the back of your mind and, you know, do whatever you got to do whenever that time comes. But, you know, I look at it as you're going to do this three or four weeks out of the month, so there ain't no sense in getting all upset about it and all that good stuff. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that for sure. And something I kind of wanted to ask, uh, I did, forgot to put it in the notes, but like, so with all your accomplishments and and y'all are y'all are racing, you know, you can chalk it up to probably forty five weekends a year, and um, you yep. you have a couple weekends off, um. And you're racing, you know, I'd say about the same 20 to 15 to 20 racetracks. Um, how, how does the drive stay there? You know, do you ever have to catch yourself, maybe take a break, catch a vacation or something like that? You know, do, do you enjoy the downtime a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, we try to race about every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I like several weeks. I like a weekend or two off here and there. I mean, you know, I get. You get to go into the racetrack too much and everything, and you get burnt out after a while. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's always good to have a weekend or two off. You know, I mean, I we normally try to race anywhere from five to four to six weekends in a row and then, you know, take a weekend off or whatever. So, um, that's kind of how we've been doing things. But, I mean, I, I don't want to be at the racetrack 
you know, 50 weekends, 45 weekends out of the year, whatever. Like, you know, I, I'd rather cut back a little bit. Yeah, especially especially at this point um, in the summer. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be at the racetrack all the time either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I texted Kanoff the other day and asked him where he's been. He said he's taking off till August sometime. So he said it's too hot. Which South I, I mean, the Big L or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> let's see, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about Josh, um, and you know, recently y'all have partnered back up to, you know, you're on his chassis now, but let's, let's bring it back. Let's talk about how that relationship started and, and how, cause it's, it's a big relationship, much more than, than people think. We, you know, we kind of talked about it last week with Josh, uh, but you know, I'd like to get your side a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I want to say me and Josh have known each other. Let's see, I'm 24, turn 25 next month. Probably since I was seven or eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, probably 15, 16 years, 17 years, somewhere up in there. Um, but I've known Josh for a while. Um, like I said, back whenever I raced with Cody, and that's kind of how we met also. And um, Josh has, like I said, been with me ever since. Um ever need anything or he ever needs anything he'll give me a call or i'll give him a call whatever and we'll try our best to make it happen so but uh yeah i mean i love working with josh josh is a great guy he's probably one of the smartest guys i've worked with mm-hmm. you know all around chassis whatever you need help with so he's a he's a he don't show up but he is a very intelligent guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and and uh you know, he kind of talks on it, you know, finally you're able to, to kind of choose what you want and, and you pick the ghost and, uh, you know, it's, a uh, has, everything's going good uh, with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I told him, you know, I, I, I mean, I've always wanted to run his chassis, um, you know, and, but I, I've never really had the opportunity to do so. And, you know, when things fell through on the platinum side or whatever we was going to do right there, um, I told him, let's give him a shot and see, you know, where we're at right now, where we didn't have anything, to be honest with you. I'm like, let's just give Josh a shot and see how it goes. And if it don't go, then we're back to where we was. So, yeah. um, it just, I mean, we went down to Florida and had to show good speed with his go-kart the first time we rode it and kind of just been doing it ever since. So, um, I mean, I, we couldn't ask for a better deal than what we got with Josh and, uh, he's helped us a ton and, you know, hopefully we can keep continue picking up speed. Yeah. Uh, and so you also, uh, y'all, you, you've been a part of a lot of testing, uh, of, of go-karts and stuff, you know, and not only just trying to perform in the weekend, but also a prototype go-kart, you know, does that put a little bit more pressure on trying to help develop these chassis and perform good in them, uh, and give feed proper feedback on, on a chassis that they're building, you know? Yeah. Um, I like the testing side of things. Um, I mean, it, I don't really like necessarily testing on race day. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know eventually you're going to have to get it out there and test it on race day. And But, I mean, I like to do, you know, a lot of stuff Sunday when we have the opportunity or when we do. And, uh, you know, back to back our go-karts, you know, test go-kart to what we got now and just see – see if we can make or find a little bit more speed. And if so, eventually put it, you know, out on the track in the race conditions and see what it does. But, uh, 
that stuff's fun to me. I, I, that's, you know, I always go back to scuffing tires or whatever over the years. A lot of people hate it, but it kind of teaches you how to control a handling go-kart, you know, yeah. in my opinion. So, it, you know, it's, it's fun to do things like that. It don't do anything but make you better and helps your team get better. So, um, I really enjoy, I really enjoy doing, um, the R and D side of things. Yeah. And I think that's kind of something that's kind of gone away, uh, is, you know, if, if, if something's not perfect, you, you can't make it happen. And I feel like you got to have that side of you to where if, you know, the go-karts missing two tents, you got to pick it up. You know, I, I feel like that's a huge part of the game and a puzzle piece that helps you go a long way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, the you you've had the, you had the 127 when you were really young and then obviously you've had all these rides you know you've had the 811 with matt you you've had the 40 with jonathan um and now you're back to the 127 hey, where does that where does that come from yeah see um long time ago um our our preacher at church he raced a little bit of uh late model stuff and his number was 27 so that's how i kind of got the 20 number 27 and um we kept going to these go-kart races and people would have 27 you'd have to put an x on your stuff and it's like a every week thing and so we're just like the heck with it you know we're gonna put a one in front of it and just make it 127 so that's kind of that's kind of what we did yeah always like yeah i've said this before i always like a good story you know if, if a number has a meaning it's always fun oh yeah yep all right so we know you raced a few big cars. Uh, you think you did the Chili Bowl one year and then the late models. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just touch on your different avenues you've taken in racing. Which one's been your favorite or the coolest experience? I'm sure that Chili Bowl was pretty cool to be out there. Yeah, it was cool. That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my racing career, to be honest with you. That, you know, guys don't get enough respect for really what you know what they're doing you know mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing i've ever done in my in my racing careers you know drive a midget um, and they make it look like it's I, second nature yeah yeah i know you know and like you get up you get up there and you watch them and you're like man dude it's just like this is easy but then you get out there in real life and you're like it'll it'll humble you in a heartbeat you know <laughs> yeah. but like it's fun to definitely go to the chili bowl if you ain't never been it, it'd be a great time to go and you know experience one time um but I, I mean, I love the dirt late model side of things. That's that's been my favorite thing to do. I've always loved the dirt late model stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like the asphalt stuff. I mean, I've done it a little bit, but um, I mean, my heart's in the dirt stuff. So yeah, you know, I've always told my told myself if I if I can make it in asphalt and make it to NASCAR, like the only thing I'm gonna do in NASCAR is try to fund my dirt team. So <laughs> yeah. about what seventy five percent of those guys are doing now. So. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know that's kind of like the one thing that kind of got stripped from us in the karting world is a driller. So might as well get a midget and try it. If, you got? If they, uh-huh. Hold on. I think we lost you for a second. What'd you say? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got yeah. you. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, I w- I would love to see the Tulsa shootout bring the go karts back because you know I I did it as a kid and it was so fun. But I'm sure as a midget, it's totally different. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't even know they raced go-karts there, to be honest with you. And then someone said, you, you know, they used to race go-karts there or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I did not know that. But um, anyways, yeah, the, the, mid, the midget was fun. Um, it was a cool experience. And uh, I don't I don't really plan on doing that much anymore. Um, I'd much rather just go around my dirt late model. Yeah, and then you were in you, you you had some tough luck in the street stock nationals. You got caught up in probably the biggest wreck in history of the street stock nationals. You had a really good car, but unfortunately something like that that wreck happened. Um, you know, what was that like at Why Not? Yeah, that was probably that was probably the one of the most fun I've had at an event. Um mm-hmm. you know, I think we practice on Wednesday or whatever and race thursday friday and saturday so i mean that was a that was a really cool experience i like the topless races and stuff and uh i mean that that was once in a lifetime experience you know carl moore and kyle living good gave me a gave me a good car to go out there and have the best equipment and everything and i you know that was my first time ever being out there and i made the race the a main so it was yeah that was was pretty cool experience and to get to do that and um uh, you know, I'd love to do it again for sure. Yeah. You never did. You ever race any of the cart races at Why Not? You ever went down no, to those? No. That's all I've done at Why Not. Gotcha. Uh, that was Jesse was riding for Matt back then. The Unilly stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was it a Unilly. Yeah, it was a Unilly. I never. Yeah. I never went. This goes down with some go-karts, man. Yeah, but y'all did go to Hattiesburg. I don't know if you remember that. It was you and Clay racing each other. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think y'all were testing the recon before the recon came out. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure y'all were. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds about the same time between the Junior Triton and recon, stuff like that. So, But yeah, that that was a fun track. It wasn't bad. It was just a long ride. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, um, what what are some future future goals and aspirations in racing? You know, is is the plan to to ride it out in go karts, or, or is it to to you know kind of transition into a full season of late models? Like, where where's the goals for that? Yeah, um, you know, I love car racing. Car racing's fun, um, but there there is times I do get burnt out on it. And, you know, I, I but I would love. Awesome. My, my goal is to want to run um, dirt light models. Um, that's always been what I wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, one day in the future, I hope to be able to, you know, go dirt light model racing, whether it's in the Lucas series or the World of Outlaws or, you know, just have that opportunity would be awesome to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, Go and race a dirt late model compared to a, to a go kart is a little bit little bit less of a, a strenuous day. I mean, you know, you get there at like three four o'clock and you're out of there by ten eleven. With a go kart track, you're at there eight o'clock in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I just you know that's that's obviously my goal and that's what I want to do is the dirt late model stuff. And um, I think, I mean, I think it would be awesome to to go and do that and travel the roads and you know, just have some fun with it. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And, and you won the, the, it was the Sunshine Nationals earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we lost you for a second. 
Got me? Uh, yeah, got you. Okay. It, did you hear what yeah, I said? Yes, it yeah. was. Yes, it was the Sunshine Nationals. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, I'm sure that was really cool. You know, going down there, it's a lot of competition, and and you know, not having you know the most experience in the late model, um, and and going down there and really beating some really tough competition. Oh yeah, yeah. To, you know, that's just kind of like a family thing that we do um, with my 604 stuff. Um, we don't really have any you know big sponsors or anything like that. It's just me, my uncle, my buddy Dylan, my mom, my dad. Uh, just, just a little family thing we do to have fun and um, to go down and outrun people like you know Kyle Bronson and Ross yeah. Bells and Michael Page and people who do this know, for a living. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, don't even have probably one percent of the budget they got, and mm-hmm. you know, to go out there and outrun them with the equipment they got is just that was just awesome to be able to yeah. do that. And you know, I, eventually, hopefully, I'm in their shoes. You know. Yeah, that's it's uh, it always makes it a little bit special when it's it's all a family deal, you know. And and any win's special, but when it's when it's you know everybody's on board with the family and everything like that, and you're beating guys like that, it it just I tops the cake. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it does for sure. You know, like I said, we ain't got a we ain't got a whole lot, but we make do with what we got. Yeah. So we uh we have this rapid fire thing we do. It's uh just some quick answers. Um. And it's whatever comes to your your mind. Uh, so favorite music, country, limited or open modified. Um, open. Okay, and then day or night racing. Um, to me, I like night racing better. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of already answered this, but late model or midget. Late model, definitely. <laughs> and you're a Florida fan, <laughs> but if you had to pick for a team. Uh, you had to cheer for one LSU or Alabama. Um, that's a good question, but I'm gonna probably say Alabama. Yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of um, kind of tough not to go with a winner. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, who, oh. who won that national championship a couple weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy Ethan, who can't make it tonight, he's a real big Florida <laughs> fan too. So, uh. You know, we kind of, it was, it was fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so we, we asked all our guests at the end of, uh, pretty much at the end of our interviews, two questions. And the first one being, something you like about carding? Um, something I like about carding is I get paid to do it. That's, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, you know, that's always, I've always wanted to race for a living and, you know, I've been around people been able i've been fortunate enough to be put in you know some good places to be able to do that and mm-hmm. you know with scott buff i i enjoy racing with him and doing things like that you know at the shop that's keeping up with everything and going racing on the weekend so that's that's what i like about cart racing yeah that's never uh that's never a bad deal when you get to go pay to do that you get paid to go do something you love oh yeah absolutely you know that's that's always good whenever you're you're able to do things like that. Yeah. And we also asked something you'd like to see changed in carting. Change in carting. Um, that, that's a really good question. Um, I don't necessarily, not because I'm a pro driver or whatever, but I don't necessarily agree with 
all these semi-pro and amateur and hobby classes. And, you know, if they want to do semi-pro amateur hobby, you know, they need to have a regular Saturday night race for those guys. You know, mm. I don't, I don't think we need to go to the big O or go to a bigger event, national event, I should say, and have an amateur semi-pro class. That's just, that's my opinion. You know, a lot of people probably ain't going to like my opinion, yeah. but, you know, but at the end of the day, who really cares what they think? Yeah, and you know what I've thought? Um, you know, obviously we have, you know, the WK series and stuff like that, but almost like a touring series of like, there's no like, underneath classes you know like you don't the world of outlaw has uh you know uh the world of outlaws and all these bigger series they have supporting classes but it's not in their you know their series it's just supporting classes that help them i yeah and i've thought about this for a while is like the the big series that we have it should be you know the best of the best and everyone races together and then you have these you know supporting series underneath it that you can go run like your amateur your your semi pro but i think the national top level races need to be where the best of the best are and you race everyone yeah i mean i, I agree 100% you know i don't you know i mean i think there should be just like a medium heavy and a pro mm -hmm. and then you know obviously your junior classes stuff like that like you know you, you keep on for too long they're going to have a semi pro junior one semi pro junior two you know, then my pro this and that, you know, yeah. but it's like, pro, light, medium, heavy. I'm having a hobby. Yeah. I don't mind having a hobby or, you know, amateur semi-pro. I don't mind having those classes, but like, let's take them to a regular Saturday night. Like not, we don't need to have that at a WK event or a national event. In my opinion, um, at, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have the same 15 pro drivers sign up. Then you're going to have 40 in semi-pro, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, that, that'd cut back at least 15 classes, 12 classes, probably just taking those classes out. So. Yeah. And I, and it, it, it would go back to helping us get some exposure because, you know, running 30 classes a day, it's really hard to get a show ran pretty quick. <laughs> you know, you cut those classes back and then, uh, you know, we can get a little, you know, and, and Pit Road does a great job of it, but to get like bigger exposure that you know we, we need in the sport, yeah. I mean, I, I agree 100%. You know, I, that's another thing I hate, you know, is getting there at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning and not leaving until midnight or later. You know, it, mm. I mean, there's really no sense in, in that. You know, I also another thing is, you know, I'd like for it just to go back to all maxis, in my opinion, but. I mean, you know, it's kind of. I, I don't like the. I don't like the different tire things, and you know, it, it's kind of separating all the carters from each other. I guess yeah, to say. And it not only that, but it kind of messes up tire rotations. You have to start working in another tire to the rotation, and then you know, different tires feel different in the in the seat. And you have to adjust, and then you're going from tire to tire each weekend, which makes it tough. You obviously adapt, uh, but it just kind of makes – it throws another wrench in the pile, you know? Or like yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I think I think the the Reaper tire would be a great tire for, you know, your local racers. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think that's a great tire for them. But I think at your national events, you know, you need to have access. You know, that's – that's my opinion on the tire situation. Well, you know, I sat down with Cameron and Scott and told them, you know, I think it's best for us just to 
commit to one tire. You know, yeah. so we're here lately. We've just been committed to the Maxis things because that's what you know we love. We love Maxis, and we want to have the best of the best, and that's just kind of what we lean in towards. Yeah, and and you know, kind of like how we talked about with you know Vega knows their area and, and Burris knows their area, and I think once <laughs> Reaper find you know once once everything kind of sorts itself out and Reaper finds where its best is, I think everything will settle back into normal. I don't think there's any problem with Reaper coming in. I just think everybody has to you know they have to find their place in it. I think I, I think it's a good tire for like you said local racing. You know, it's it's cheaper. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. You know, but like you yeah. said with with Maxis, you know, it's 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 really hard to beat a Maxis. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Maxis is going to be around forever. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure Reaper probably will also, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I'd rather be on a Maxis than any other tire out there. So um, that's just my opinion on the tire situation. One day, maybe we'll all figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would hope so. If not, it's just going it's just going to keep throwing a bigger, you know, wrench and curveball mm-hmm. in the, in the carton world. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So the big O is coming up. Um, but aside from the big O, uh, what other big races do you have planned for this year? Um, I think this weekend we're probably going to go to the modified max daddy. Um, we got the big O coming up, the American dream, uh, the Midwest max daddy, the world 100, um, are we coming get the slot machine? <laughs> we, because <laughs> Josh said he hasn't convinced maybe, you yet. Yeah, maybe we've talked about Batesville. <laughs> um, we've talked about Batesville, but um, the Williamston we was horrible at Williamston, so indoors might not be our cup of tea <laughs> on the tire. Hey, Tony did good. Tony way. brought a slot machine home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Tony done good, but don't mean Yarbrough's going to do good. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Right now, I think we're going to probably go either to Batesville or Carnesville. You know, I hate driving past Paradise to go to another racetrack just because Paradise is my favorite. But, you know, um, we're going to go do what's best for our team, and that's run Maxis. Yeah, all you can do. Sometimes – Sometimes it's a little hard to make decisions, but you got to do what's best for y'all. You have any? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You have any races with the late model this year coming up? Um, Yeah. Um, I'm on, I think I'm going to run September 9th weekend. Uh, the weekend after we'll get back from South Dakota. Um, I'm going to go down to All Tech and run. And then um, I want to say October 20th something. I think it's like a two or three day deal at All Tech for the Powell Memorial. So I think I'm gonna go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy Dylan um, is gone for six or eight weeks with the SRX series or whatnot. So oh, that's cool. He works kind of out. He works with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does all pretty much all my setup work on my dirt car, and you know he's always there for me whenever I want to go run my dirt car. So mm-hmm. without him and my dad and my family, like I said, I, none of that stuff would be possible on my dirt car. Um, I let Dylan make all the calls on it. So, so far, me and him make a, you know, a good team. And yeah, it's just sometimes, heck, my dad, if my dad can't leave and get off work and go, me and Dylan will take off and go and it just be us two until they, till my dad and parents make it. So, yeah, me and him always have a good time doing it. So, um, we're going to 
we're definitely going to go September 9th and then October for the power race. There you go. That's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of wrap it up on this. Uh, you know, is there anybody you'd like to thank? Uh, yes, I, you know, first and foremost, I'd like to thank God for, you know, for everything, you know, being able to race and do things like that. And, uh, my wife, my mom, my dad, my whole entire family, um, Scott Buff, Cameron Reese, um, just everybody that makes it possible for me to be able to do what I love to do, um, Mm -hmm. every week. And, um, I mean, that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, 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 uh, you, you know, it's always good to have, like I said, those people that are behind you, you need that support to do, do everything you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. So, but, uh, Austin, man, we, we appreciate you coming, cut some time out after working in the shop and, and doing hard work to, to, to get back at the racetrack. But, you know, we really appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. So guys, what a great interview with Austin Yarbrough. We greatly appreciate him coming, sit down with us, cracking out some time on his Monday night, talking with us from his early beginnings in racing to his biggest wins to his move to the big cars and his biggest races left on the calendar this year. And we hope you guys enjoyed and possibly even learned some stuff from what he had to say. Yeah, man, it was uh, really cool. I mean, you know... You know, not everyone gets to race on a big level like that, and, and it's really cool to hear from someone who's done that for a long time, and there's been ups and downs and, and stuff like that, but it's uh, it's always cool to hear from somebody like that. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. It was uh, not every day you get to talk to someone of that caliber in our sport. You know? Yeah. Let's get to learn him on uh, – get to learn about him on a personal level you know and i kind of named off i mean that was just a handful of accomplishments uh it's it's uh there's so much more so many more that he's he's accomplished in the karting uh community and done and, and it's just really cool that we have someone like that you know in in our sport and wants to take time out of their day to talk on a silly little podcast you know <laughs> it's not silly man it's not <laughs> oh, silly. No, it's not silly but yeah, guys, I mean, this podcast, you know, the four of us that started this around a fold-out table in my extra bedroom in my house, you know, it's it's really brought upon a bunch of cool things for for not only us, but the garden community in a whole where, you know, we can sit down with various people around the carding world, around the country, and, you know, we go to some events with them or any of you guys, any of the listeners go to go to these events with that these guys are at, and, you know, you can go up to them and say, hey, I listened to four takes and fuel and you know, I heard your episode and I really enjoyed everything that you had to say. But yeah, guys, um, it's really cool. I like bringing stories to y'all. I like hearing them. And you know, that's the whole point of this, you know, why we started doing interviews and stuff like that just to get stories out and, and, uh, 
you know, make everyone feel a little bit more connected. Um, so we have uh, another uh, really good guest that we're really uh, looking forward to coming on. He, uh, You might know him. He, he goes by the nickname of the Flying Russian. So um, we're excited to bring him next week to the podcast. And uh, we're just going to keep keep booking them and uh, keep them coming. We're booked all the way up to, to almost the end of August. So we're really excited to uh, to keep bringing these episodes to you guys. And we hope you enjoy them. But until next week, guys, have a great week. And we'll catch you all next time. Thank you.